Welcome to the Uncomplicating Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Eva Rodriguez, proud Latina, single mom, and certified integrative nutrition, health, weight loss, and mindfulness coach. I'm passionate about teaching women how to balance being busy and healthy without complicated rules or restrictions. On this podcast, I'll be simplifying weight loss concepts and mindset shifts so that you can be confident in your curves. It won't always be easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Well, hey there. If you're a regular listener of my previous podcast, the Healthy Sexy Strong podcast that I just sunsetted after pivoting and rebranding, welcome back, my friend. It's still me. Don't you worry. I won't be getting brand new on you. I'm still the same girl, same positive vibes, just more focused and clear on helping you feel amazing in your body and getting results. If you're brand new to me and you're thinking, who the fuck is Eva? (laughs) Welcome. The short version, I am a certified holistic health and weight loss coach personal trainer. I'm also certified in mindfulness, meditation, and emotional freedom technique, also known as EFT. I was born and raised in Maryland. I got my undergrad degree from the University of Maryland, go Terps, and I spent the majority of my 20s living in Los Angeles. I am a proud Latina, I'm half Dominican, half Puerto Rican, and super proud single mom to the most magical little boy I've ever met. And I don't just say that because he's mine. He really is magical. Um, He'll be 10 in a few months. And um, his father is deceased. And I will get into that story a little bit later in this episode. So this is my second podcast. After podcasting for a year, I had a sudden moment of clarity. I realized I was trying so hard to help people because I'm so passionate about this health and weight loss stuff because I've lived it and I see how transformational it is. And it's in my nature to want to help and fix things. But I was trying so hard to teach people all the things that I learned and implemented that the message became a little too broad and conceptual and, well, complicated. I realized that I needed to simplify things. My listeners are smart, busy women, but they aren't health coaches. So using health coach terminology wasn't serving them. It wasn't educating or inspiring or empowering them. It was making them feel like, damn, this shit is hard. And that's the last thing that I wanted for my listeners. So while I could have just changed the name of the podcast and I could have just changed the artwork, I could have made the first 40 episodes season one and pivoted then, I decided to just start over. And it was scary, okay? When my strategist suggested that to me, I was like, girl, bye. I work my ass off to produce that show. But I had to put my ego aside and I did my woo-woo intuitive thing. By the way, if you're new to me, um, I'm very woo-woo. My friends call me whimsical. And um, I'll try not to get too woo-woo on on this this new podcast because I know it loses people sometimes, but but that's who I am. So just, you know, full transparency. I believe in all things woo. I also curse a lot, hence the title of the episode. Um, that's just me. You'll get used to it. No worry. Anyway, so I believe it was the right decision to sunset the old show and and start a brand new one to not confuse the very people that I want to help. So 
That is why I have sunsetted the Healthy, Sexy, Strong podcast. And I wanted to say this because if you're not new to me and you were subscribed to my my first podcast show, I am going to be repurposing some of the episodes, particularly some of the more recent ones that I did with the self-love series and the self-care series because they were so well received and the feedback was that they were super helpful. So I didn't want them to just disappear. The biggest reason that I wanted to start over with a new show was so that I could really give you, my audience, what you've asked for. The number one thing I heard was, Eva, I have no idea what healthy is. I don't even know where to start. This just feels way too complicated and I'm just too busy to figure it out. And that's where I had my light bulb moment. My passion is to help women prioritize themselves get healthy, and finally lose the extra weight they've been struggling with. And the first step is uncomplicating all this shit. Because every so-called health and fitness guru has a very loud opinion about what you should and shouldn't be doing, and a lot of this shit contradicts itself. So it's no wonder it's really confusing. So since it's episode number one, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about me and how I got here. But I'll start with something that I always say. I am very much a free spirit. I don't like rules. I don't like restrictions. And I figured out a way to take what I learned while becoming a health and weight loss coach and personal trainer and all my mindfulness training. I found ways to make it work for me and my lifestyle, knowing that if it was too hard, too time consuming or restrictive, I either wouldn't do it or I wouldn't stick to it. That's the framework that I use to coach clients, and it works beautifully. It really fucking works. I mean, last year, I lost 20 pounds during a global pandemic with no access to my gym, keeping it really fucking simple. And so in this new show, I'll sometimes be breaking down complex concepts that I think are important for you to know and understand. And if you're like me, I like to know the why behind the how, but I'll break them down in ways that are more easily digestible so that you're not getting overwhelmed because that's the last thing that I want. It took me a long time to figure out what healthy meant for me. And my ultimate goal is to just help you get there faster. So I wasn't always a health coach, obviously. I actually have quite an extensive background as a human resources executive. And a few years ago, I found myself completely burned out from my soul-sucking job. And after having a health scare, I decided that I needed to make major changes in my life, which led me to where I am today. But maybe it makes more sense if I start from the beginning. So my first memories are from when I was four years old. And I remember spending every day at the Children's Hospital in D.C. And I was there because my sister was in the hospital. And so she was one year older than me. And at the time, I didn't understand how sick she was or even what it meant to be that sick. I mean, I was just four, but she had cancer. And one week after she turned six, she died. I told myself that I wasn't going to (laughs) cry. So she just fell asleep and never woke up. And I didn't understand at the time what death meant. I didn't understand much of anything, right? But all I remember is that my parents were obviously devastated. I mean, I can't even imagine the pain 
what they were feeling. Um, and I can't bring myself to imagine that pain. But undoubtedly, my parents never actually healed from that loss. I think that all they could do to cope was to just detach. They detached emotionally. They detached from the world, from each other. And they detached from me. They were just completely disconnected and grieving in the only way they knew how. But what this meant for me was that I spent a lot of time alone. I didn't have a lot of guidance. I spent a lot of time watching TV and listening to music for hours and hours in my room. I mean, music was my refuge. It was my escape. It was, it was my first love. It was the only comfort that I had for a really long time. And honestly, I was able to do just about anything I wanted because no one was paying attention to me. But that also meant that I was able to eat whatever I wanted to eat. And obviously, a child doesn't know what healthy food is and what unhealthy food does to her body. It just tastes good. So that was probably the beginning of my developing really unhealthy coping habits, particularly around food. My mom was an emotional eater, and I often saw her just eating mindlessly to comfort herself or eating so she would stop crying. And I grew up seeing that. So I thought it was normal and I emulated it. And this early childhood trauma is what triggered what I later understood to be my depression, my anxiety, and my emotional eating. So when you think about a child who can eat whatever they want, my breakfast consisted of donuts, cookies, and milk. Clearly a very unhealthy way to start a day, but I didn't know any better. And no one was telling me that it wasn't a proper breakfast food. I didn't have anyone to tell me why eating your vegetables was important or why drinking water was essential. So I didn't eat vegetables and I didn't drink water. And I was probably six years old when I started drinking sodas. And I was drinking sodas with every meal that I ate, even breakfast sometimes. Um, so naturally, this continued into my adult life of just eating whatever without really thinking about the nutritional value of it. And as I got older, I went from drinking regular sodas to diet sodas, thinking that that was making a major difference, <laughs> not understanding the chemicals that are in diet soda and how god awful those are. But I didn't know any better. Most of what I ate was very carb heavy because a lot of typical foods in the Latino culture are carb based, right? Arroz, habichuela, platanos, it's all carbs. I always had an incredible sweet tooth, so I was always craving sweetness. And while I didn't overeat necessarily on regular foods, I would definitely binge on anything sweet. I could easily eat a half a gallon of ice cream if I was feeling sad. I was actually always very conscious of my looks. I still am. <laughs> so um, I would gain 20 pounds and then I would lose 20 pounds, not understanding what the yo-yo dieting was doing to my metabolism, obviously. I just thought this was all normal. There were moments in my life as I got older when I would decide I really wanted to lose 10 pounds really quick. So I would go on some detox or some juice cleanse or whatever was trendy at the time. And then I'd go back to eating normally and I would gain the weight back. I didn't have the identity or the definition for what I was doing at the time. I didn't know that I was an emotional eater. And the way that I would cope with my feelings of sadness or unresolved traumas or confusion would be to mask it with food. 
I just thought this was how everyone was. After college, I first moved to Florida. And then two years later, I moved to Los Angeles to pursue my lifelong dreams of being an entertainer. Music was the only thing in my life that brought me joy as a child. And being a singer, a dancer, an actor means a life of constant training, casting calls, auditions, and as you can probably imagine, putting yourself out there to be judged and nitpicked and being on camera brings a whole other level of self-consciousness and self-judgment. The pressure to be thin, beautiful, and damn near perfect wreaked absolute havoc on my already fragile self-esteem. This is also why I'm so passionate about teaching the concepts of self-love and self-care, because I had no idea what it meant to truly love yourself and how not loving and caring for yourself could destroy you from the inside out. I always say that my only regret in life is that I stopped singing because music is what got me through so many dark moments in my childhood. But I suppose that my life was destined for a different path. Around the time I decided to stop pursuing a career in entertainment, I met my son's father. And uh, if we're talking about complicating and uncomplicating shit, that story is the definition of complicated. I'm really cognizant of what I share about my son's father on a public forum for several reasons. But the main one is because of my son. I'm very protective of him. It's one of the reasons why I don't post photos of him on my public social media pages, and I don't ever want him to internalize or feel bad about the things that I went through in that relationship with his dad. So eight months after we met, I ended up getting pregnant. The funny thing is, actually not that funny, but I didn't know that I was pregnant until I was about four months pregnant. And while people find that incredibly hard to believe, this is because I was constantly gaining and losing 20 pounds. That was the norm for me. So when I noticed that I was gaining weight again, I just thought, hmm, let me just go exercise some more. Let me spend more time at the gym. I honestly didn't have the self-awareness to know that something different was going on in my body and that a baby was growing in my body. I had no idea. I also battled with depression and anxiety my whole life. And the yo-yo dieting plus the depression and anxiety really, really fucked up my hormones. I didn't connect any of this for a really long time. But because it affected my hormones, I also had really irregular periods. So combine gaining and losing weight all the time, having irregular periods might make a little more sense as to why I didn't know I was pregnant. When I found out that I was pregnant, I was shocked. I was scared. I was not one of these women that dreamed of having children. I only dreamed of being famous my whole life. That was as far as I got in the dreaming department. So it was really unexpected. I had no idea what I was doing and I had a really tough pregnancy. I was really depressed and I gained so much weight so fast. And my body just felt foreign to me. I didn't feel beautiful. I didn't feel any of those pregnancy glow things that some women feel. I didn't feel any of that. I just felt lost and confused most of my pregnancy. And it was a really difficult time. 
my baby was actually born four weeks early and I actually blamed myself and was so worried that it was my fault that he was a preemie because I didn't take proper care of myself and because I was under so much stress and I was so deep in depression. And then the postpartum depression hit me really hard. The postpartum anxiety hit me hard. And I was really blessed and fortunate that I had such a good baby. And he was so amazing from day one. And he was healthy, even though he was a preemie. There wasn't anything significantly wrong with his health. And he was just the calmest, happiest, sweetest little boy. And he's growing up to be the most amazing, kind, magical, big boy. But I was in a really dark place at the time. I weighed 187 pounds when I gave birth, and I actually lost my pregnancy weight really fast and in really unhealthy ways. Again, because I just didn't know any better. And also, I didn't want to be fat. Specifically, his father said to me, maybe a month after I had our son, I hope you don't stay fat because I don't want to be with a fat bitch. Clearly, I had a really tumultuous relationship with his dad. Now that I'm so far removed from that, and now that I'm in therapy, I realize that I tried to make excuses and convince myself that that relationship wasn't as bad as it actually was. But it was bad. He was not good to me, but I loved him. I loved him more than life itself. And I don't say that to be cute and poetic, because that shit ain't cute. I say it because it was true. And it was unfortunate. And it was so unhealthy. And because of my upbringing, I had a tendency to find someone that I could love. And then I would latch on to them and hold on for dear life because I so desperately just wanted to be loved back. And that codependency stemmed all the way back from not feeling that love or acceptance from my parents because they checked out when my sister died. So a lot of these traumas come full circle in our lives. And that was a full circle moment where I realized I love him too much and I don't love myself enough. Actually, I didn't love myself at all. Because, I mean, nobody really teaches us that right? How to love ourselves. At least no one taught me. I always thought that love was supposed to be sacrificial and selfless. It's not, by the way. And that's why I'm so passionate about teaching self-love. I don't know how different my life would have been had I known how to love myself. But I'm certain that I would have suffered a lot less, especially in relationships. So fast forward three years. After having my son, one night his father didn't come home and I couldn't get a hold of him. His friends couldn't get a hold of him. He didn't show up at work the next day. And after he'd been missing for about 12 hours, I found out that he had died in a car accident. And I had to look at my three year old baby and tell him that his father had to go to heaven and he was never coming back. That was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. And in that moment, I had to promise myself that I would be strong because I had to be strong for my son. 
And I had to be strong for myself because if I allowed myself to fall into this deep depression, I knew I wouldn't be a good mother. And he deserved me at my strongest because now I was the only parent he had. So I had to force myself to be strong, even when I didn't know where I was going to find that strength. And I made the decision to leave Los Angeles because there was no reason for us to stay there anymore. So leaving and moving back to Maryland to be closer to our family was just what made the most sense. And a few months later, we're back in Maryland and my mom was diagnosed with cancer. My mom and I had a really tumultuous relationship, but as soon as she got sick, that all went out the window and we just became such good friends. And for that, I'm forever grateful that we had that moment of healing and they were able to get past all the issues that we had while I was growing up. She fought really hard, but a year later she died. And once again, I wasn't able to grieve or mourn because I had to be strong. This time I had to be strong for my dad because he was devastated. I mean, he was by her side in the hospital the entire time. They were married for almost 40 years, so he was completely heartbroken. And so now my son had lost his dad and his grandmother within a year. And I just had to be strong. But nobody was strong for me. And that's, that's the hardest part when you're trying to be strong for everyone else, but you find yourself very much alone with no one to turn to. So internally, I was falling apart. My spirit was falling apart. I was just surviving and pretending to be okay when I really wasn't. I wasn't thinking about my health. I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just thinking, how can I be strong for everyone around me? I wasn't eating right. I definitely wasn't exercising. I couldn't sleep. So I had to take sleeping pills just to go to sleep. I was taking depression and anxiety medications that would numb me because honestly, I didn't want to feel anything. I didn't want to feel pain. So I was just numb. And so after taking sleeping pills, I would wake up feeling groggy and I wouldn't have any energy. So then I would load up on caffeine and I was at a point where I didn't even like coffee, but I was taking four to five espresso shots a day just to give me energy. So instead of taking the time to process through my grief and to process through my emotions, to get therapy, I just ignored it. So I had my medications that would keep me numb. I had my job that would keep me busy. And I had all these external things that were helping me stay away from actually feeling and actually processing the pain that was deep down inside. And in hindsight, I realized it was probably very similar to how my parents detached when my sister died and they disconnected from life. That's what I was doing. I was detached and disconnected because I didn't want to feel anything. And one day I realized I was so fucking miserable. I was so unhappy. And I felt like my life was just caving in on me. I was always tired. I was always getting sick. I had a miserable job working 60 hours per week with a miserable commute, miserable coworkers. And one day I just passed the hell out in my office. It was from dehydration because I was barely eating and I was certainly not drinking water. And my body just couldn't take it anymore. And in that moment, I thought about my son. He'd already lost his dad. He'd already lost his grandmother. He can't lose me. 
He deserves a mom with energy, a mom who's present, a mom who's healthy, a mom who's happy. A mom who's going to be around for a long time, not someone who is so depressed and in such a deep hole and in such denial about everything, not wanting to feel pain, that she's poisoning herself with unhealthy foods and medications and alcohol and all these things, barely functioning, poisoning her spirit under a constant perpetual state of stress. And this is important to note because one thing that I didn't know then, but I certainly know now is that a lot of these illnesses like cancer are caused by stress and diet. That's why as much as we sacrifice ourselves to be there for our kids and our loved ones, none of it will matter if you end up sick or dead. And I finally realized that I can't be of service to anyone if I'm not in a good place mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And that's when it finally dawned on me that something had to change. So I would listen to podcasts during my commute and I heard about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And at that point, I just wanted to learn about being healthy for myself and for my son because I knew that I wasn't modeling healthy behaviors or eating habits for him. I didn't intend on making a career out of coaching because I still had my day job during HR. But the more I learned, the more I fell in love with holistic health with the mind-body-spirit connection, with mindset shifts and positive psychology. And then I didn't want to be this one-dimensional health coach, so I just kept learning. And that's when I got certified as a personal trainer, and then as a meditation and mindfulness coach, and then as a Reiki practitioner, and then an EFT practitioner. I became fascinated with learning about health and personal development. And as I started applying these new things to my life, I finally started to heal from the inside. And I felt a sense of peace and well-being that I never knew existed. I learned how to heal my relationship with food, how to heal my relationship with myself, what true self-love looks and feels like, what healthy means for me, what a difference our mindset makes when it comes to health and healing and weight loss. And those are the things that I love to share with my audience. Because I wish I'd learned these things years ago because I was clueless. And I know there are so many women just like me who just want to know how to be healthier, how to lose weight without being miserable, how to love and accept themselves just the way they are, how to stop eating their emotions when they're stressed or upset or just bored. I didn't have anyone to guide me, to look up to, to talk to, that could truly understand my struggles with life in general, with my health, none of that. So I made it my mission to educate myself because I got sick and tired of literally making myself sick and tired and being miserable and letting life pass me by. And so here we are. When I look back at where I was when I started podcasting in February of 2020 and where I am now, I've changed so much. I've learned so much by coaching clients, by speaking and teaching at summits, by continuing my own personal development, by getting therapy, much needed therapy. And I want you to know that this is a journey. 
Whether you want to lose five pounds or 50 pounds, whether you just want to tone up and have lean, sexy muscles, whether you just want to learn more about mindfulness and mindset shifts, or whether you just want to learn how to be kinder to yourself, I'm here for you. So besides weight loss tips and concepts, you're also going to hear me talk a lot about the importance of mindset, mindfulness, self-love, self-care, healthy habits. I'm going to do my best to simplify these things for you so that your learning curve isn't as steep as mine was. I know what it's like to have no one to learn from or to be inspired by. I know what it's like to want to make changes, but having no idea where to begin. So if that's you, I want you to know that I'm here for you. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, You'll find a link in my show notes to submit your questions, and I'll be sure to answer them in future episodes. And depending on your question, I may even create an episode around it and give you a shout out. I'm looking forward to guiding you, encouraging you, empowering you, and inspiring you to reach your goals, whether you want to lose five pounds or 50 pounds. I'm here for you. I'll be your guide. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in this week and trusting that none of this has to be complicated. At the end of the day, I want you to feel empowered to know that you can have the health, the body, and the life that you desire. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tag me on Instagram while listening at It's Eva Rodriguez so that I can support you along your journey. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.